Hello. Hello, Eloise. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm in lovely Florida working from a gorgeous apartment with a gorgeous view that my friends have lent to me. Uh, for it's amazing. Oh, yes, it is. I am one lucky girl. I have some <laughs> really good friends, good friends. So, yay. Yeah. Yay. So today we're, we're going to delve into a topic, uh, well, the devouring mother. Let's just go from there and see um, how we're going to look at this. Um, mm. Of course, you know, just considering there are many different archetypes. So I was discussing this with my mom. We were sitting around just kind of <laughs> looking at the devouring mother and she said, you know, how do I get rid of the devouring mother? And, yeah. You know, the first thing well, is, well, can we, get, can we get rid of anything? Yeah. Can we get rid of anything? So it's, it's, it's this, you know, tension where we notice something about ourselves and we want to get rid of it. And really, it's, it's not getting rid of something. It's looking at it, thanking it for what it's done for us. Like yeah, the so important. Yeah, so so there's less tension, right? The moment I, because I would say I don't have kids, but I'm the devouring mother. I can see what I've done with my bird. You know, I've, I've spoiled him. I've <laughs> um, I've devoured him, and he can do whatever he wants. And you know, then I grab him and kiss him and kiss him and kiss him. He's a little tiny thing. I put him in my hands and kiss him. He just looks at me and kind of cuddles in there while I, I kiss him and then goes off and does whatever he wants. And, you know, I thought, well, he's a little bit bored, right? He's, he starts to pluck at his feathers and the vet said, well, it could be because he's bored. And I thought, wow, he's bored. Yeah. I'd yeah. be bored. I'd be bored with the devouring mother as well. Right. <laughs> so I started to look around and go, well, I let him do whatever he wants. So there's, you know, obviously at meal times when we're cooking or meals go on the table, he just goes crazy and it's not mm. easy to eat. Right. So we put him in the cage, but I sat back and I said, all right, I acknowledge that I have used the devouring mother for whatever reasons, just conditioned uh, ideas from my mom and her mom where, okay, I, learned that you devour the child with love and part of that love is letting the child do whatever it wants ah mm. but, but the vet tells me he's bored well that be he's got he runs the whole house he mm. has access to every single room he is uh, a little bit misbehaved so he's a very sweet animal but misbehaved so i sat back and thought now, everyone listening are going to go, well, that's really obvious. Yeah, it is. But when you're in the devouring mother role, it's not so obvious. And I thought, well, he's conditioned right now. He's, he's been trained that he can do whatever he wants, go to the food. The food reinforces him. So, of course, he's going to go on the table and not want me to stop. So I thought, ah, what do I do? Well... If I acknowledge the devouring mother, I've acknowledged her, I thank her, but I'm in the driver's seat now. Mm. 
So what do I do? Ah, look at some practical things. Since he's trained by food at the table, make him do a trick. And he's going to enjoy things a lot more. So this all happened on the trip down here. We drove down here and I was thinking, oh my God, that's what I need to do. He's already been conditioned. You can see all of his habits are pretty, you can see what he would do all day, where he's going to sit during the day, where he's going to go, what he's going to do when I'm working. He just sits very quietly on the computer screen or on his little rabbit waiting for me to finish. And the moment I finish, he's like, tweet, 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 and jumping around and, and wanting to be part of uh, whatever I'm doing. So yeah, likely he's bored. So now I need to teach him some tricks. And the more I, I sort of teach him to do things um, with food, he, he, he responds to it really well. He likes it. Mm-hmm. Ah, so there's one good way to, to have an example of what the devouring mother is and how we we can take charge of ourselves. Yes, the devouring mother's always there as all of the archetypal mothers are there, the loving mother, the compassionate uh, person, the, um, um, well, I don't know, I can't think about anything else right now, but when you think of tarot, we have the hierophant, we have the, the, um, the magus, you know, we can go into all of these different characters or archetypes rather, and they're useful to us, right? The moment somebody comes into a kitchen that is bare, it's just got a few things. Well, that chef, you know, who's so creative can go and get all these little elements from this sort of sparse kitchen and put together something pretty cool, right? You go, how did you do that? Right. That's that's the magus. We all have that capacity, like organizing. You know, you, some people are just really good at organizing. I have a friend, like who says, a friend of mine always says to me, oh, you're so organized. And, you know, I don't feel like it's all organized, but in a way it is. I do. <laughs> you know, I look around and go, this is over here. That's over here. OK, we don't have a lot of space and we're doing some construction. So how can I keep my office proper? My bathrooms, you know got boxes and everything is separated into compartments so it makes it a lot easier right so everybody in the family can find what they need and they put it back and if they don't put it back I know where to put it back right Mm. and it just makes things really nice that's I think the magus right this Mm. sort of creative energy because not everyone can do it they become overwhelmed they don't They don't see, oh, what do I have? How can I put it? What can I, what can I do with it? And so this friend of mine says, I always learn from you how to organize things. And I think, wow, that's so cool. So, uh, you know, originally I just went, whatever. But one day she looked at me and she said, can I look in all your closets? And I'm like, of course I can. <laughs> Go ahead. And she did. She's like, oh, this is phenomenal. This is great. So I'm like, oh, Okay, something I take for granted is very magical yeah. to some people, right? Look at how big the uh, art of tidying up is. Like, you're, yes, you're so right, right? You're just blowing my mind now. You're right. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, because people need that. You know, it's just like being told how to organize things and what to do and giving it some structure. 
People are like, oh my God, finally I can work out. Because you see these people with stuff everywhere and everything's disorganized and not naturally that way. Being shown how to do it is wonderful. It really is. Um, because, and again, to go back to archetypes, the, yeah. the art of tidying up is, is this sort of magus that is able, and also the feminine, right? Because the magus is mm. masculine in the tarot, but their feminine is very practical. So when we're accessing the feminine practical within ourselves, men and women access both. I don't care, you know, uh, who, yeah. who anyone thinks they are or feels they are. They have this wonderful capacity, we all do, to access feminine and masculine and then all of the archetypal patterns. So sometimes we haven't learned them. Sometimes it might be a struggle to learn them. Sometimes it might be fun to learn them uh, instead of having those things hold us back, right? Because, you know, I was thinking about this. What is the use of the devouring mother? Mm. Right, what, you know. I don't know. My brain always goes to pushy mom. (laughs) Sure, yes, I agree with you. (laughs) Pushy moms, like you have to do this, you have to do that. You devour, uh, you devour the child by what you want. Yeah. So I watch those women that are like their kids are like acting by the age of five or something, and it's a lot from the kids' perspective because they've got no sense of what that is. It's the mum going, right, you do this, (laughs) and it's great sometimes because otherwise we'd we'd never have any child actors. So, you know, it's a needed thing. So there's there's a use. <laughs> well, I, only when it's, you know, when it's unhealthy. I was just thinking, yeah. is there a healthy component to the devouring mother? Right. So, yeah. so here I am, a mother totally loving my kid. I need to look at her and go, well, thank you. But I'll, I'll take I'll take responsibility I'll lead my own life. And in doing so, well, there is the element of, yes, I I love my child so much, I want to devour it. But at the same time, I'm learning because because we have the tendency to do it. The archetype didn't come to control us. The archetype comes because we do it. So Mm. so she's there and we can either just totally embody it which is sort of uh, you know archetypal possession and how do we mm-hmm. how do we change archetypal possession if i'm possessed by an archetype uh, for whatever reason it doesn't really matter what the reason is it's just oh well thank you you took me this far but i'm going to take the reins and now i'm going to moderate so of course i love my child of course i want the best for him but I won't, uh, I can take the lead so I don't devour the child. I can hear my child. I can hear what my child's saying. I can see the personality of the mm-hmm. child. Like, let's, say, um, let's say I clean up every morning, you know, make the bed, do everything. And, yeah. and the child's not doing their own. Well, maybe they do it at a different hour. They don't do it quite at 7 a.m. Yeah, maybe they do yeah. it at eight a.m. But you're, as the mother, completely. If you don't do it at seven a.m., your life isn't going to be good. Uh, no, that's that, insane. That's that's <laughs> crazy. 
we know that a child having responsibility, making their own bed, taking care of their environment, having it organized is really good for the child. Yeah. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to serve them the rest of their lives. They're going to know how to take care of things everywhere. If I know how to take care of my bedroom, I know how to take care of a house. I know how to take yeah. care of my job. I know how to get to my job on time so I won't be fired. I know how to organize my entire life. Now I have a husband, kids, a job. Oh, I know how to organize it. So this simple thing of helping and supporting your child to, you know, get up at appropriate times, lead their lives. You know, freedom is great, but structure is also great. Well, yeah, if you come back to your bird, it's like because he's got total freedom. Exactly. It's it's almost like there's a boredom in being able to do whatever you want whenever you want. Exactly. So there's challenge in having no challenge. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, cause, like I was just thinking because I'm like, like birds in the wild would have, you know, people attacking them and things going on to deal with, and you know, we have jobs and things that we have to do. So well, also, there's never total freedom. And, so. and also, they're they're not free because they have to quest for food. It's so different for the yes, bird, yeah, because he doesn't have to. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm hungry. I just fly into my cage. Right. Yeah. That's why you there's have... no storms blowing me off course. There's no exactly. Yeah. Yes. There's there's that searching because that's what they do they're searching for food but it's also very entertaining so you know you hide little pellets in places so he can go and seek them (laughs) out and you know there's all kinds of little toys but he's not so interested in the toys yeah i've devoured this bird so much he's mostly interested in me yeah. <laughs> like even you are his toy. <laughs> even if I if I leave him at an object that he loves and he's playing with and he's having a good time. I have to, I have stuff all over the house that he plays with. Yeah. But if I walk out of the room, he goes crazy chirping that I need to come back. <laughs> you know, now I've learned to go in and say, Come, you wanna come? Come, I'm leaving. And of course he does. He comes. Yeah. He wants to be doing what he wants, but in the room that I'm in. Yeah. It's really something to see. Right. So uh, you're my partner. I'm attached to you. And I'm going to do my own thing. But if you leave the room, I need I need you with me or to come with you. It's fascinating. It fascinates me. Yeah. Um, So, yes, you know, giving him a little bit of now I've left him for the month and it, yeah, I was gonna say you're gone so yeah yeah so the poor guy is you know I can't, I can't imagine he, he cuddles up to Jimmy now and uh but he's he Jimmy has an office downstairs so he's not with the bird all day and, yeah but, yeah so um well, it's good in a way that he'll get used to you not being there every five minutes yes and we'll see what happens when I get back and yeah Really He'll peck you. Oh, yeah. You left me. <laughs> I used to come home from university and my cat would be all over me, cuddling me for a minute. It's like, yeah, you're home. And then she'd go, you left me. And they scratch me and then not talk to me for a week. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. She was hilarious. Did it the same thing every time. <laughs> You've been gone for three months. <laughs> 
That's cute. Yeah. Cuddles. No. Oh, scratch. Oh, funny. But yeah, <laughs> Terry does the same thing. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. So does the devouring mother show up day to day or do you think it's well, something I think that it's, overpowers? It's going to depend on the individual, right? Yeah. You know, even if you're you're a man, you could have the devouring mother come in. Might not be, yeah. It might react differently in you, right? So men can, you know, often women say, men are intimidated by me. They're intimidated by my strength. Hmm. All right. So this is something that occurs in a lot of women's minds. They're intimidated by strength, my power, my money, my this, my that. Right. And I never related to it. And, you know, I'm a giant woman. I'm not exactly a tiny woman. <laughs> You're not exactly a giant, but yeah. Not exactly, but, you know. <laughs> If you said someone is, if, if someone was intimidating, yeah. it would be me. But I don't feel intimidating. I don't, no. I don't have that impression of myself. I'm not intimidating. And why would I even want to have that energy? But, you know, I've heard a lot of women say it. And the interesting thing is to sit and listen to a man and see what they say about mm. a strong woman uh, so or what a woman appears to think is a strong woman. And I would say that's usually the devouring mother, mm. right? So the mother grabs the child to her breast, holds him. You know, you feel like you're losing your oxygen, squeezing it. I'm going to eat you up. Or I'm going to squeeze <laughs> you to death. You know, um, I don't think men are intimidated by that. They're just going, I don't want that. Yeah, so it's a bit much. Yeah, and, and I know a lot of women will resist this, but if you have a lot of money and you feel like you're intimidating, well, all you are is devouring. You're going to say, "I devour you," yeah. and a man's not going to want that. You know, unless you're not devouring, right? There are plenty of women out there who make a lot of money. Some make more than their husbands, and every everybody's fine with that. What? Why are they fine with it? The man is perfectly fine. He's he's doing his work, his job. Why? There, there's no intimidation there. Plenty of relationships. So what's the difference? What do you speculate? I don't know. My mind's gone blank. Ask me again. <laughs> no, that's okay. Mind going blank is really good. It determines that a lot of people might be going blank. Or yeah. many people might be resisting now and saying, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not the devouring mother. I'm the intimidating woman. You know, my strength, that's just a self-justification for why you don't have a relationship, right? But if you look in and go, well, wait a minute, am I actually, is it my strength that intimidates a man? I don't think so. You know, I, I don't think any man would say that your strength, and if you're having a really honest conversation, I'm not just saying, you know, you, you're talking to a guy and say, are you intimidated by my strength? And you're proud of it. The man might just flatter you and say, yes, I am. You know, so yeah. that's not going to work. What's going to work is to really honestly sit back and say, so, you know, what do you think of a strong woman? Mm. And you might get a very different response. What do you think of, um, 
you know, different types of strong women. And you might very much get that devouring mother energy. There could be yeah. other ones. There's, you know, I love the imagery of the bitch queen. Ooh. Right? That, you know, I often call the, the, so there's the good side to the bitch queen, right? That is just more recent archetypal ideas, right? So mm. the strong, fiery, passionate, uh, screaming, yelling, kind of, I think of, uh, the roles that um, Elizabeth Taylor often played, you know, yeah. that woman who was always fighting and arguing and, you know, a bit, a bit overpassionate about ideas, right? And then she would often succumb and then, you know, go crazy again and succumb for whatever triggered her. It was amazing to, to watch, right? I, I would just think, oh my God, we're so crazy as women, but this is a good indication of what we're like. The man's not afraid of you or intimidated by you. He might be trying to figure you out. He might be trying to help you out. Or he might go, I don't want to get involved in this. Yeah. I just don't want to be part of this. And what happens to the child as well? It could either get devoured by the mother or it rebels against the devouring mother. But that's not true rebellion. Right? If I just rebel mm -hmm. against an idea, uh, so you say yes to the idea and I say no, that's not rebellion. Rebellion is thinking for yourself. Mm. It's, it's beyond the opposite. You know, for example, uh, if you think of socialism and um, conservatism, okay, they're both good in a way and they're both bad in a way. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know they both purpose. They both have something. So isn't it better if we're serving the middle road and thinking for ourselves rather than following one ideology rather than following mm -hmm. i don't want to just follow conservatism you know this is from jordan peterson but conservatives know how to run a business but they don't yeah. they don't take risks to create a business that's what liberals do liberals create a business i, I yeah. i'm talking about liberals and conservatives now so ultimately we need each other so mm. you and I are, are liberal. We tend to create businesses. We tend to... Um, yeah, we're always coming up with ideas. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but if we were just solely liberal, not the middle road, we wouldn't be able to run the business. Yeah, yeah. So we have enough conservatism in us to be able to run the business as well. Yeah. But a lot of people are super liberal and can't run the business, so they need a conservative to do that. Yeah, so, I was I heard Tony Robbins talking about something similar the other day. He was talking about, you know, the artist in a business and then you need the kind of leader and the entrepreneur. He was kind of splitting it into three. And it's like you need all elements in order to, like everything needs to be, you either have one person that can do everything or you have to team up to. Or you have to learn how to do it. Yeah. Right? So well, yeah, if, you, if you don't know how to be the secretary in your company, the manager, you have to learn how to do it. Yeah. You have to learn about taxes. You have to learn about tax law. You have to learn about accounting. You have to do this. Mm -hmm. You have no choice, right? Especially if you're the creative type, you have ideas, you're putting those ideas. Well, if you're going to run the business on your own, you, you better figure out how to do your accounting as well. Mm. And if you don't, you got to hire someone. Yeah, that's that's all there is to it. And maybe learn as you go along enough to know that your accountant's doing the right thing. <laughs> yes, you need to make sure that happens. 
<laughs> yeah, I hear about people who haven't submitted tax returns, and I'm like, how how, how can you be running a business and not get that done? It's like <laughs> buckles in my mind. Yeah, yeah, the first time I heard that, it was really incredulous to me that someone had not submitted a tax return. Yeah. Thought, and some people haven't done it for years, and you're like, um... <laughs> yeah, I find that really, really strange, yes. Yeah, because you want to help other people. And it, especially if it's someone who helps people run their business it's like well if you can't run your business why would i want to get you to help me run my business when you're not even running your own mate you know it's like that's weird keep talking because uh i'm looking for oh, okay. up right now to see if i can <laughs> yeah like but then sometimes you end up teaching what you need to work on so you know you could help someone else is another way of learning it's an opportunity for us so more than half of all americans pay no federal income tax wow in the year 2000 because they're exempt or they just don't get around to it well i this is a very general uh (laughs) i'm just picking up we need more info on those stats yeah more info (laughs) So 45%. I've got a book, how to lie with statistics. You can manipulate anything. Yes, you can. Yeah. But I'm just looking at more than 44% of Americans pay no federal income tax. So remember, this is federal. Yeah. They'll pay sales tax, property tax. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're for many different reasons, right? Some people are just under, under the poverty line or maybe they're on welfare, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, Right, and then it shows that the top 1% of taxpayers pay a higher effective income tax, even though the headlines always say rich people pay little. little. Uh, 45% of Americans pay no federal income tax. So that's Mm. approximately uh, what I had heard on one of these podcasts. So it's just kind of interesting. Even if it was 10% didn't pay... um, just by virtue of, I just don't pay, forget, you know, wages, et cetera, how much they earn annually. Mm. It would be a lot. It's still a lot. So, and I had heard it's really a small percent of people. Um, it's a small percent of people that are paying income tax, small percent, let's say it's even 60%. Mm. Basically running, running everything. Yeah, our money, our money is running everything. So that very does sound quite right. Yeah, because yeah. there must yeah. be lots of people that don't that are just not in a position where they could pay anything. Yeah, and that's kind of where we're going back to, um, you know, liberal ideas. Where yes, we want to help our neighbor. Yeah, and you know what? I don't believe that um, liberal ideas are more. I'm going to give my money to the government so the government pays. Conservative ideals are I'm going to help my community through church, through, um, uh, you know, drives. And, yeah. Because I think conservatives donate a lot more money um, statistically than liberals do. Okay. Right. Which is an interesting stat, right? Like that's what, you know, I would have thought it would be liberals because we're always, you know, worried about everyone, but we spend a lot more time worrying and wanting somebody 
you know, somebody in the government to do that. Maybe it's not just liberals, it's more left-leaning where the government's going to take care of it rather than the individual. You know, such an interesting battle, right? Mm. I'm I'm more the individual needs to take responsibility for their lives, make their lives good, and then, of course, there's the a collective i want to help the collective yeah right so first i take care of me allow me to grow and build that way i can support the collective it doesn't really matter if there are people out there who don't care it doesn't really matter mm. you know do do we really want to force people who don't want to donate they don't want to donate that's fine yeah but most people do most people are givers, you know, from, yeah. you know, otherwise they, they, you know, we'd be, have way more poverty than we do. Yeah. You know, I know now that uh, Vancouver and um, what do you call it? Uh, San Francisco have a lot of homeless people, but, you know, when they're diagnosing what's going on, they haven't quite figured it all out, but, you know, there are people out there trying to figure it out. And it's usually drugs or mental disorders mm. right so drugs are a big problem yeah and definitely. i don't i don't come and move here if you want to see it <laughs> yeah there too yeah no no yeah. so i'm in brighton and that's one of the drug capitals if you like of the uk and do you have a lot of homeless as well yes yeah wow um yeah but when i was in sixth form even like 17 18 I have friends going in and out of rehab all the time, things like that. It's quite, like, rife, if you like. But alcohol use as well. It's quite high, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Party town, though. It's fun. So it is, you know, if we come back to, um, you know, I just want to support the individual because we're not working with, hey, let's change the government or anything like that. We're working with, Hmm. what can I do best for myself? that is going to have a good life. And then, of course, you, we can never forget the ripple in the pond. If I'm yeah. doing well, well, then my family is going to do well. And if my family does well, well, their family is going to do well. And their neighbor is going to do well. Right? Because you're, you're not going to let your neighbor suffer. Yeah. Because it's not good for you. You don't want your, your neighbor, you know starving to death can you imagine watching your neighbor starving to death oh, my and, you're, Lord. and you're sitting around eating food it's <laughs> people don't do this no you know yeah that's what yeah no absolutely i think we could talk a lot about money maybe that's our next topic and yeah somebody did write in about money so let's do money mm. next next topic yeah and uh now let's see what people have to say about the devouring mother and you know what are ways you can look at her thank her have gratitude towards her and then make your own choices whether it's with your kids have i been devouring my kids i want them to do their homework at this time i want them to do that or have you actually sat back and go how do i deal with this problem now of course if you're triggered personally i highly recommend you find a breakthrough practitioner well, a breakthrough or somebody who does breakthrough and get a session. Yeah. But, or body talk, but breakthrough is going to help with your triggers, especially with your kids. And then you'll have the space once your triggers are gone. Um, 
you have the space to look at a problem and see how do I resolve it? And every child at every moment is different. So mm. whether you're going online and looking at parent effectiveness training, um, you're reading about it. And I really, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, but I don't have money to take these courses. Yeah, but there are libraries with internet and computers where you can go sit at a computer and study. Go pull out yeah. some books and read up on it. You know, this is going to help you out in phenomenal ways. So Marshall Rosenberg, great person to read up on mm. if you're not creative in how to deal with children. There are actual examples in some of his manuals or the manuals that are out there that show you how to talk to a child and you start to practice. Sometimes people are triggered. So I have a really good story. I went to Hong Kong and uh, several of the students were uh, parent effectiveness trainers and I triggered them. I really, really, oh, really triggered them. <laughs> they kept telling me, no, I don't know what I'm talking about. And uh, there's a bigger story to it. I'm not going to go through, but um, I kept saying, what you're doing is very wonderful work. What my work is one slice to help you deal with someone who cannot put into practice what you're advocating. Yeah. And, and they couldn't hear how much I agreed with them. With, with them. And yeah, it was like, just... but you're not seeing that there's a piece you're missing. So I asked them, aren't there people who cannot apply it? Yes, there are, but they come back and we keep repeating it. And yeah, I do get frustrated and it's really hard, but um, this is the way to do it. And once I did the first breakthrough on this particular woman, she just went, aha, uh -huh, I get it. Oh, I get it. I totally yeah. get what you're doing. This is what we need to help these parents get through their triggers so they can actually do the work we're positing. So I'm like, I'm just before your work. Like if somebody's triggered, they come to me, then they do your work and you're able to deal with the kids. It was phenomenal. So then they actually mm. heard me. So how fascinating their work is about hearing children that they couldn't hear me. So yes. <laughs> when you cannot hear someone, when you're fighting someone and they've got something that, you know, that they're saying, well, this would fit into your work. You're in the class now. It fits into your work or you've come here to get something. This is what I'm giving you. Try it out. You don't like it. That's fine. You know, that's mm. fine. Uh, but, you know, the, your, your resistance says you're not open to seeing why you're resisting. Yeah. Um, you know, you could find something and go, oh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that's for me right now. That's fine, right? You, you look at, like somebody proposes, you start to play tennis and you have a bum knee. You go, well, you know, that's not for me. That's fine, Yeah. right? You can go to any course, anything, uh, anybody's book and say, well, that's not really for me. But once you start fighting and you have excuses, well, you know, you can't hear the person. You can debate over what's in a book. Of course, you can examine a topic, take out a sentence, pick it apart. Of course you can. But that's exploration. But when you're resisting, you know yeah. that when the devouring mother comes in and she is devouring the child to everything she wants to do, you know, something's awry. You're not listening. Mm. 
you can't hear what your child's about. You're not figuring out new ways to teach this child. The traditional ways aren't working. Let's find some new ones. They're out there. And today, I grew up with no computers, right? As did you. We had no computers. We had to go to the library. Yes. Well, you didn't have Google. So, yeah. No, you had the one encyclopedia. In the house, you had that one encyclopedia. <laughs> yes, I can still remember the feel and the smell of that encyclopedia. Yeah, exactly. And hours hunting through it for a bit of information for an essay. Yes, yeah. loved it, right? It was great. But now yeah. everyone has access. And even if you have no money, you have access. There are no yeah. excuses. And if you find yourself having, well, I don't have the time. Well, if you don't have the time, why don't you have the money? Yeah. You should be working. People are working, going to work, taking care of their kids. But most people say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. That means you're not very imaginative. Yeah. Mm. Or. Yeah, you need the imagination. You you? need the imagination. So what's blocking the imagination? Well, your ideas. Maybe your Mm. ideas need disassembling. Yeah. And that's breakthrough. And that's often what the devouring mother needs. Come to breakthrough. Right. So I know I tend to go into the devouring mother. And when I notice it, I say, thank you. But I'm going to, I'm going to take the lead here and figure out what I need to do in this situation. Mm. Right. What do I need to do? If I can't figure it out, I begin studying. Yeah. You know, I listen to podcasts. So much available to us. Oh, it's insane. It really is. Mm. There's really no excuse anymore. I mean, of course, if you have physical disabilities or you're, you know, you have a mental problem, of course. That's what we were talking about earlier. We're here making our lives really good so we can help those. Not so we can help those in need, sorry. That we can ultimately be a better community, a better world. Mm. You know, we tend to go, let's make a better world, but we're not looking at ourselves and we're propagating ideologies that don't necessarily work. I was one of those people. You know, I was the one who said, no, let's not use bags. And I used to bring my own bags. This is in the 80s. Oh, yeah. I used to be the only person that ever used my own bags in the supermarket. They thought I was weird with these string things. <laughs> yeah. And what ultimately happened? Well, now, yeah. now you have to pay for the bags. Yeah. And people are still using them and still paying for them. I, I still love the fact when they brought in the charge for bags in the UK, a national newspaper ran a thing going, save money on bags, bring your own. It's like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> Like, that's the point but we we don't even know if we <laughs> no, don't even that's know the thing. people needed to be told that <laughs> it was like wow okay <laughs> it's like this big revelation you can take your own bags and say 5p it's like oh it's funny yeah I, it's, I, but it's the imagination people couldn't see a solution but this is my point is it a solution what has yeah, it I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. Right. So I'm not going to go into that because I'm not educated enough in that department, but I do see certain uh, signs where people are saying these aren't really solutions. 
No, it's not the big problem. So, so I was advocating that, and it ended up now we're just being charged for bags. And I can see that maybe it wasn't the solution. Mm. And it's not about the charge. It's not about whether we're buying more bags. It's was it a problem to begin with, right? So is, you know, is garbage a problem or are we going to create ways to use all that garbage? You know, what yeah. is, what is, we don't know the ramifications yet of the solutions we're implementing that are coming from fear base. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I'm not sure about it. You know, when I started using bags and didn't want packaging, I can't tell you the ramp up on packaging. Yeah. You know, in the 80s and 90s. And and still, it's you can go to a shop and buy a sweater and they're going to give you a fancy bag. And I'm like, no, I don't want the bag. I've got my... Yeah. I'm going to wrap it up and then I'm going to put it in a box and then I'm going to put it in a bag and then I'm going to tie it with a bit of ribbon and it's like, oh, you stop it. (laughs) Exactly. But I I don't even know if it's a problem. I, I don't even know if it's a problem. Yeah, We're yeah. told it's a problem, but I don't even know now if it's a problem. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not even sure. Uh, I'm not even sure. Yeah, it's really interesting. I'm not even sure if it's a problem. I don't have mm. evidence that it's done anything. And I don't have evidence that using all these things is a problem. I'm not even sure. I know yeah. people will just start going, yeah, but this and that. Yeah, I've heard it all. And I'm still not convinced. I just still don't see that it's a problem. You know, I've always picked stuff up on the beach. I look at the beach. It's beautiful here. There's no garbage. If there is garbage, somebody picks it up. Or, you know, somebody in the morning does the cleaning on the beach. I mean, but we get all freaked out that there's something on the beach. Well, there are people working at figuring this out. Yeah, There are geniuses doing this. Not these, these simplistic problems there are massive you know brains brainiacs out there figuring it out and uh, our little you know running around getting all excited yes i say take responsibility for your garbage you know try and make as little garbage as possible you know you can reduce but it's not the ultimate solution because you're not going to control people unless you beat them down Mm. right and not everyone's going to be beaten down. There, yeah. There's massive, there's 2 million people or over in India and China. You know, what are we going to go over there and tell them what to do? Yeah. You know, when they're starving? When China's got coronavirus and now it's like, clean up your garbage? It, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, my point being, Watch the devouring mother. It can devour everybody with ideas. It can devour mm-hmm. everybody with ignorant ideas. They sound good. I was, I'm one of those people. It all sounded mm-hmm. good. And now I'm looking around going, what? That, you know, that was really uneducated. I'm not really looking at the global problem. And I don't even know if the solutions that we implement will be solutions that work, you know, in 10, 20 years from now. Uh-huh. I might not even be alive to see if it works. Who knows? So basically, it's taking lead in your life, figuring out what you can do for community, and not running around yelling at your children 
And I don't mean literally, because sometimes a very silent house can have lots of screams in it. You know, the children can be screaming Mm -hmm. that they need more freedom and the parents can be, you know, internally controlling so much, right? Yeah. All right. I think we covered this topic. Yeah. Yeah. So until next time. Let's do money next time. Yeah. All right, sweetheart. Love you and love to everyone out there. Hope some of this is fun. Love to hear your ideas. Please write us or just record an audio on Anchor and we will be able to receive that and, uh, you know, pick up on your topics. Perfect. Bye, everyone. Okay. Bye. Lots of love. Bye. Bye.